0: Hello and welcome to The Flix Forum Podcast, where each episode we go back and we look at a Netflix original in the order of release. This episode, we have Netflix 166th film from 2019. It's the comedy called Otherhood, directed by Cindy Chupac. It stars Angela Bassett, Patricia Arquette, Felicity Huffman, Jake Hoffman, Jake Lacey and Sinkwa Walls. I'm Jesse and I'm here with MJ. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? Good. I, um, I'm very excited for this one, to be honest. I'm, I'm pretty um, Pretty pumped to talk to you about this.
1: Well, I'm excited that you're excited because I probably wasn't as excited to talk about this one as I had with other films. So
0: maybe oh, good. Maybe I'm happy to do some more listening. <laughs> well, good. I um, um, Yeah, I, after I watched this, I was like, oh, this is one that I'm looking forward to. And I, I feel like I haven't had that in a while. So uh, that, that's excited me.
1: Well, good. I'm glad that you're finally, you know, in, in, in any good place, you actually want to talk to me as
0: opposed to it being a chore for you. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, talking to you is a, a massive chore. <laughs> um, we'll, 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 get, we'll get into it. We, we do our fast fix to start off. So give us your quick summary of what this one's about. I don't
1: like my fast flicks here. I'm going to preface that straight away. And I'm going to... The reason I don't like it is because it's a weird plot and it's a bad title. And I think that's thrown me. So my fast flicks is... Three mums decide to drop in on their respective adult sons
0: and surprise them by staying with them for a few days. Yeah, That's, that's the, the story. That's, so
1: It's uh, my elevator
0: about. pitch, right? Yeah, all right. Mine's similar. I've just got a few different words. So three mothers travel to New York City to surprise their sons and try to reconnect.
1: Mm, that's right. I, I should have mentioned New York City. That's a good one because that was a big part of it. Okay.
0: Reconnect is a good part of it too. So you, you've cleaned up what, what I probably oh, should good. have done. Well, we're both, both on the same gist. So um, this is a, a couple of interesting things that we can probably talk about how this one came together. So fill us in on what we learnt about this movie being made.
1: Well, before we do, let's just quickly do a, we'll do a spoiler alert because we are going to spoil, spoil this film. Um, so if you haven't watched Otherhood and you want to watch Otherhood, uh, watch it or I'll, otherwise we'll ruin it for you. Uh, but then you come back and listen to us and then you, yes. you can, Jesse's obviously very keen to talk about it. So mm-hmm. you can you can see what he's keen to say. Also, I had a percentage match for this film, which I've
0: had a couple recently. Did you
1: have a I percentage did, match?
0: I sure did. What did you get? I had 74%. Is- I had 55. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: Netflix was basically saying, just so keep much. scrolling, MJ. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's uh, that's really low. That's that's incredible. That's really much low. Saying, don't even bother.
1: Just just ignore. Yeah, they don't normally like that. But anyway, let's let's talk about how this film became a film that I could choose to watch. Um, so it's based on the 2008 novel called "Whatever Makes You Happy" by William Sutcliffe. I'm not familiar with the novel, but from what I can gather, it was pretty pretty true to the to the film, or vice versa. So April 2018, Patricia Arquette angela bassett have joined the cast of this film cindy chupac i actually i heard you say cindy chupac um when you were introduced in the film and i'd never actually said it out loud i've been reading it and <laughs> it didn't realize how much it sounds like tupac but anyway i'm we're probably pronouncing it right anyway <laughs> <laughs> so she's on board to direct the film um she co-wrote the screenplay with mark andrus from what i can gather this this was all about five years in the making though so they wanted to make this film. There are a lot of studios at the time that didn't really want to take a punt on a a first-time director and b on a film that doesn't really have an obvious spot on on any major studio's slate, which I can totally understand. And then um, Netflix eventually came in to to solve that problem. They've obviously got a, a vast catalog, and um, you know, there, there's the fact that Patricia Arquette and Angela Bassett were already linked to the project. You know, gives Netflix. A much more of a guide to say, well, we've got film, other films with them in it, and we can push people here and there, and it, it, it's a it's a good fit. So, um, I did read that Viola Davis, Diane Keaton, and Michelle Pfeiffer were originally cast as the leads. I, I do think these were just rumors, though. I think I read somewhere that it was never they never actually accepted these roles officially. They were kind of the ones that were earmarked for it initially. Um, but yeah, the film itself was produced by Mandalay Pictures as well as Entertainment. Um, And obviously, Netflix was on board prior to the principal photography kicking off in June 2018. It was filmed, as you could imagine, in New York City. Had its world premiere at 51Fest on July 21, 2019. Now, the film was originally scheduled to be released on April 26, 2019, which I believe is around Mother's Day uh, in America. It was meant to be just in time for Mother's Day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, we have different Mother's Days, I'm assuming. Yeah, that's in Australia. So, yeah, oh, not too April, far off. It? Maybe it is. Huh? I can't first think week of May. My...
0: First week of May. Yeah, yeah. So, it okay, would been, so they yeah. are similar. Father's Day, quite different then? I think so, yeah. Ours is yeah, September, okay. and theirs is different. I think so. In the uh, digital era, it always throws me when you see ads for American brands
1: (laughs) talking about Father's Day and I'm like, oh crap, I haven't bought anything for dad. (laughs) Um, Anyway, they've had to push back that release because of Felicity Huffman's involvement in the 2019 college admissions bribery scandal. Um, So therefore the release date was postponed to August 2, 2019. So they didn't really push it back too much anyway. Um, The irony of this is that the... The Felicity Huffman scandal is is now a part of a Netflix released documentary called Operation Varsity Blues, which um which obviously documented the scandal. It was released earlier this year in 2021, so they got to have their cake and eat it. To be honest, they <laughs> it's not a bad doc- it's not about doco either. If you're interested
0: in uh, giving it a check,
1: I I'm not I I'm familiar with the the bones of the story. Obviously, not the details. Um. Yeah, it's again it's
0: it feels like a very american sort of story um
1: with the yep. whole
0: college system a lot a more one. a lot more with sports scholarships um than i think felicity huffman's was quite minor compared to some of the, the the stories that you do here
1: yeah hers was just like a bit of a handshake deal to get her daughter into a good college yeah
0: yeah to pay, help with the the sats or the exams i think and a few of the yeah. others were, were quite uh, quite a lot, bit more um, scandalous They'd Which I did read as mean, well, that her,
1: her, her daughter did eventually, you know, get into college on her own merit after this, so we should mention that as well, so well done. Yes. Um, the other thing I do have to say is that on October 17, 2019, so it's about two and a half months since the film released, Netflix announced that it had been viewed by over 29 million viewers after its release on their platform. So, big numbers, but again, Netflix numbers, very different to, you know, everything else we see. But anyway, that's, yeah, that's the film in a nutshell.
0: I guess this is a good time to talk about that too. With Netflix, are being a little bit more transparent at the moment, where they've actually put out a, a website uh, that they update every Tuesday with the actual figures or the the viewers um, across the world. So you get a bit more of a, an understanding uh, these days as to to what's actually being watched around the world. So yeah, like like you mentioned, um, who knows what they what they're actually reporting off um, back in twenty nineteen. Very uh, very different time. Mm. Um, you've covered everything pretty well. There's there's not an awful lot more that I can add. I guess the tagline, did you see the tagline? Didn't see it, no. Oh, okay, sorry. The tagline was life beyond motherhood. Um, which I don't mind. Okay. It's not too bad. Not too bad. No, it's not too bad. You're right. It's not too bad. Particularly with the, the title that um, that you've mentioned that, you know, if, if you had a title... Then it's it terrible title. Way. Yeah. If you, had, if you had the title with the word mother in it, then obviously that, that tagline probably doesn't work as well. And it probably leads me into um, some of the translations of this title oh, around yes. the world. And, and obviously we've got, you know, the, the book is called life beyond motherhood. So a lot of the the titles around the world sort of go off that, I guess, um, where, you know, Argentina, Mexico, Spain, it's called more than mothers um, and, right. and sort of, yeah. And same with Brazil, it's called mother and much more. So this idea about, Connecting the title to to what the film's actually about, I guess, rather than one take, like literally, the otherhood line was one line of dialogue that it, it didn't really didn't really stick oh, too well, not. I guess. Um, in Finland, it's called. I'll list a few off here. Finland, it's called Mother's Journey. France, it's called Our Lives After Them. Then we we get a little mm-hmm. bit more obscure. Um, in Greece, it was called The Mother Loses the Child. It's very blatant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> very blatant. There, um, <laughs> that's not bad. In Hungary, it's called Mother's Invasion. <laughs> It sounds like a, a sci-fi. <laughs> but it, it's kind of, If you're the son, that's how it feels. <laughs> Correct. Um, this one I quite like in Italy. Um, Life after children. So that's I think that's a yeah. that's a nice one. Um, Poland, they just went blatantly like mums without sons. <laughs> okay, I don't like and- that one because they, they have they have sons correct um but go on. Vietnam, Vietnam Mother's Journey and then the last two these ones so Russia it's called Kinship okay. <laughs> yeah and my favorite in Vietnam uh, sorry in Taiwan it's called the Empty Nest Tour <laughs> oh that's <laughs> great <laughs> yeah <laughs> um quite original that one uh, not too bad at all
1: <laughs> I, seriously
0: all of those titles are better than Otherhood like <laughs> all of them <laughs> yeah um yeah it's it's just great to see you know sometimes um yeah it's just some of them are quite funny but um yeah i don't even have much more to say to that
1: we'll, uh, the we'll fact that there's so bit. many different titles there per country there must be been so many countries that are just like this title sucks let's make our own and the person in taiwan absolutely nailed it but yeah. it's just it just shows you that They need to think of, they need to spend more time with this stuff. I know we probably critique titles more than we probably thought we would,
0: but there's just been some ordinary titles. I agree. Um, This one did win an award. It was nominated and won one award at the Reframe um festival so one for best feature so well done on that award never heard of that awards oh, wow. category but uh, well done and as you mentioned um hit netflix on the 2nd of august 2019 it was held off in norway until october not too sure why it couldn't work out but um didn't, didn't hit netflix until october um yeah that's about it for me yeah. so we can probably lead to the consensus on this one what are, what are people saying about their thoughts
1: it is on IMDB sitting at a 6.1 out of 10, which is, that's a good score. You'd be pretty happy with that for a film like this. Um, 11,000 ratings, not a huge amount of people, but enough. Uh, and it's a bit lower on Letterboxd at 2.7 out of 5. 5,500 ratings for that one. So not, I'd never heard of this film, I'll be frank. Um, not a huge amount of, that's why I probably had a 55% match. They're like, you don't want to watch this one. But uh, not a huge amount of ratings, but not not terrible.
0: Um, a bit more critical on, on Rotten Tomatoes sits at 26%. That's Rotten on 27 reviews from the critics. And then the audience had it fairly low too on 53% on uh, a bit over hundred reviews. So uh, yeah, not, not too popular on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. But that takes us to our thoughts. What are your early thoughts on this one?
1: I, I thought it was similarly difficult to get into Um it felt very wooden and very scripted at the start and then it eventually did settle into itself. I just, I thought there was some really bizarre storylines that just didn't feel right. It's, it's a, really, a really questionable plot. Some of the character decisions just like really took me out of the film. Um, and I think it is worth noting as well that the concept to me felt quite foreign. I mean, maybe in a literal, literal sense that um, it's very much aimed at you know, middle-aged mums. That, that's their kind of film. But also, I think it felt very American upper class too, um, particularly with the college system. These these were all sort of like happy suburban families, well, not happy, but had big suburban families with nice houses, with kids in New York in college or part, finished college, all that kind of stuff. It, it felt very specific to that sort of demographic. Um, but I have to say it also, it had some nice happy endings um, and... Once it
0: settled into itself, it was, you know, it was fine. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this. Um oh, I, mean, I was yeah, not
1: expecting that.
0: Yeah, um, it's by no means perfect. Like, and as you mentioned, there's, there's a, there's, there's a few issues, but I, I really liked the, the story of following these mothers dealing with, like, uh, we spoke about with the, the title, that empty nest idea. Um, just some really good performances, and I enjoyed the idea that we've got. Three main leads that shared the story enough that we got to see um, enough from each of them that it didn't feel like anyone was overtaking the other. And I think that's kind of hard to do at times. So I took away from that 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 was a, a good experience for me. And um, I, I, I really liked the idea and the themes and, and what was going on in this. I'm glad to
1: hear that. It's going to, I'm trying to shift mentally now because I was expecting the conversation to go a certain way and um especially when you said you're looking forward to talking about i'm like oh he he hated (laughs) it i
0: I, I, I really enjoyed it um well well hidden yeah well we'll when we look at the characters i don't know how you're going to break this down i've almost put like the mother and son together as a coupling um because i just found it a bit easier to talk about the two together because that's really what like we don't really see an awful lot about the friendships from the mothers together or the 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 kids together so i've Go, go fill us in on what you want to talk about with the characters.
1: Yeah, I think I kind of am too. You, you're right; they sort of are, you know, one entity, mother and son. But also, I, I do think we don't really get enough from the sons on their own to do a proper 100%. deep dive into into who they are. But I want yeah. to start with Carol, um, played by Angela Bassett. I was I was actually really into her story, or as I said, her and Matt's story. Matt being her son. Um, and and I'll be honest, it's probably the only one of the three that I actually cared about. Um, and as it turns out, it was probably the only one of the three stories that didn't end up having these weirdly specific details about their relationship that got that just took me out of the film. Um, but regardless of that, I actually, as a character, I liked Carol. Uh, I, I liked her. I liked her natural assumption that she should just sort of leave her son be. You know, she was probably more passive in the idea to go and. Uh, invade as we can take from one of those titles from overseas Uh, she she didn't really want to go mess with him in the first place but she also when she got there she did recognize that there is something missing in their relationship and, and initially she kind of thought there was something missing with him as well but that initially got her on this journey of trying to help out Matt as you as any mother would in this situation before her realizing that it was this was kind of her own journey of self-discovery that she needed to be on. And I think there's some really nice things in that story and um, some nice lines and some nice scenes that I'll talk about later. But yeah, I I was really into Carol and her story. And there's a few issues that I did have that I want to talk about later as well. But generally,
0: that was what kept me engaged. I guess they'd they'd probably be happy in that she gives that that voiceover to start and to finish, I guess, as well. So realistically, if you, you were trying to identify and say, Whose, whose story do you want to connect with the most? This is probably the one that, that they're trying to mm. push for the most too. So I think, and I agree, I think that the connection between them is really good because I like that idea that you have this um, this idea that the husband and, and the dads passed away. And without him there, it's the struggle of the two to relate with each other because they they realistically lived through his world, through what we hear about and, and how his firmness ruled ruled both their lives almost and they don't know how to live as father and as, as mother and son without him there almost so that sort of opens up that idea like you mentioned of the self-discovery um mainly for carol through this story but um i do like that discovery through matt as well that you know he, he doesn't know much about his mother so that idea of, of him being focused on on his magazine and 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 girls it's nice to see that turnaround and and I guess that arc through the the two of them as well. So um, yeah, I, I really I really appreciated that that idea that the dad ruled that world, and it's nice to see these two have to acknowledge that and move on. Mm. Mm. Who who've you got next?
1: I've got Gillian uh, Patricia Arquette's character. So she's kind of like the, the meddling mother type who who needs to learn to trust her son's decision and and give him the support that he needs and, and back that he hasn't made a wrong decision all the time and <laughs> push him into what she thinks he should be doing. But I, I, I respect that she's her own person and she learns her own lessons along the way that aren't necessarily what everyone else is doing, particularly when it comes to her husband cheating on her. And I can respect the way that that was handled. Um, but apart from that, she never felt much more than a than a cliche character. Um and and their, their relationship kind of felt like train wrecky, but wasn't really train wrecky, but they tried to make it a bit like everything was going really bad. I don't know. It just I just wasn't that I, I never saw much more to the character than I guess what was on the surface.
0: Yeah, I think out of the 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 three mothers, she probably got the least screen time and the the least amount to work with. And and really, like I agree. I think I've, I've, the words I've used to describe her are, are overbearing and massively opinionated, and especially with anything to do with Daniel's life, not necessarily hers mm-hmm. life. So, um, you know, this this idea of her not approving of of Aaron, his his girlfriend, ex girlfriend, etc. Um, I think she's she's struggling to see the idea that she doesn't know much about him, like all these mothers do, I guess, is that they're very they're not secretive but they're they're sort of shielding themselves from their home when they were kids to where they are now and Mm -hmm. um like you mentioned it's really hard to get that appreciation without a bit more further context behind their relationship rather than just let's put them in a a troubled situation yeah yeah that's fair all right helen is next i guess what what are your thoughts on helen helen Halston, which I didn't realize it was her <laughs> What was her job, by the way?
1: Like they kind of touched on her at like the She's office. Like an she
0: looked... interior designer or she, something. it was something like along those lines, I think.
1: Right. Yeah. She looked quite successful. Um, yeah. I thought she was similarly stereotypical in the sense that she was kind of the emotionally unstable one. Um, and the one who never really seemed to have a connection with her son at, at any point prior to this film ha- happening. Um. I did appreciate her story by the end, and the uh, the hurdles that she had overcome to be where she is. All, all, but it did bother me that she was almost like a hyperbole of a person in this situation. Everything, and I guess that's a film, right? It it needs to be entertaining in some sense, and that's why a normal person would be sort of living. No, I can't. I'm going to show you living here, but she's living up here, kind of thing. Um, and and that kind of I guess took away from the reality of her going through some real turmoil. And I think the idea of her son not coming out to her as gay was never the issue as much as she was shielding herself from other issues, particularly with her failed marriage. And that meant that she hadn't moved on with other things in life and realized that where she was. And I I did appreciate that side of the story. I just, I thought it was done in a bit of
0: a wacky kind of way. Yeah. You've, said a lot of what I would say anyway. And I think that in particular, you can't really have the three of the mums all sort of the same type of casual, relaxed sort of character. So they they had to have one that was a bit more extreme or a bit more, um, you know, reckless with their emotions. Because in particular, as you mentioned, the idea of her being super bitter and struggling with her divorce with uh, Paul's dad was sort of that underlying theme of, of why that connection with Paul hasn't happened because he obviously confides in his dad more, and this frustrates her more and more because she can't identify or recognise that her focus wasn't necessarily on Paul as he was growing up, and that's led to his insecurities and that idea of abandonment that he, he's felt because she's too focused on you know going out, meeting new people, being remarried, and not focusing on on her actual son and what his needs were at the time of, you know, obviously as a kid going through a divorce, it's a, it's a difficult situation. And I think I've seen this in multiple situations with actual people in real life that, you know, this is, this is a reality for a lot of people. So I'm guessing that Paul probably was a character that a lot of people could connect with quite well.
1: Yeah. And I think the other thing that you kind of didn't touch on is, is the fact that she, she did get remarried to a really good dude and didn't Mm -hmm. see that. And, And that's, because she was so and and he was so good about the whole whole thing that she was still caught up in the past but she still really landed on her feet it's nice she had to change anything it was it was all there in front of her she just kind of had to change the way she was looking at
0: it yes agree. are there any other characters that you wanted to talk about
1: no are there any other characters in this film
0: (laughs) no No, they're they're all side characters of those sons and mothers i guess so yeah not really um what about the director, Cindy Tupac, that we've probably said wrong four times now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: I apologise if we are wrong there, Cindy. Um, started off as a as a TV writer and, and executive producer on some big shows. So executive producer of Everybody Loves Raymond, I think a real big part of Sex in the City, done a bit of Modern Family too. Um, but she basically has no other directing credits than this. And And she talks openly about this being like a directing debut um the she got a couple of little credits on imdb for directing but i'm I'm sure they're very minor in terms of
0: what she's done in with this film you literally got all four things that i had sex in the city (laughs) one family everyone loves raymond and first feature so we will will move on to the scene so is there anything in this that you actually liked
1: (laughs) yeah there was there was um and look a lot of it really do come down to um carol and matt but I, I i didn't mind the argument between matt and carol when it was carol wasn't it yeah yeah um when they're talking about his father for the first time and um i think there's a line in that where you know for his father failure wasn't an option and and she was kind of like you need to know you're not a failure and and for him when he was said like mum i know i'm not a failure you you could kind of tell that the issue was more with her and not with him and she's realizing that she's doing all these things to try and be the mum and he's like no i'm actually okay with this maybe you're not um i thought that was a really nice scene for the two of them and it developed their story really well um i'm gonna jump out of chronological order i'll save my one thing for last just because i'm still talking about the matt and carol thing um There was another line, and this is probably my favourite line of the whole movie, is when she, near the end, realises, she says, you know who you are without me. I need to figure out who I am without you. And I think that's a huge thing for mums in this situation. And, And that's what they're all, in a sense, coming to terms with. They're like, oh, our kids don't send us flowers. Mother's Day, they don't even call us. You know, we need to rekindle that relationship because they're the ones that are like, my son has moved on, and not that they've moved on on, but my son's moved on with their life, and I'm still stuck here being a mum. But you know what? You're more than just a mum, and you need to figure out what that is. Um, and that was that was a really that was a really powerful moment, I think. Um, and again, I'm going to talk in a second about some issues that I have um, around Carol because I really liked this character, and I think they ruined it a little bit. And I also love Matt's letter to his mum uh, when he wrote that letter little bit cheesy but it really got me i was into their story i really appreciate it it felt real it felt like this is the kind of thing that he wanted to do at this time it was almost like he was the one that realized that she was having some troubles with this and i need to go into bat for her a little bit but also need to figure out why i I can't answer these questions about my own mother um so that was the things that i really liked yeah but but there's also one
0: one funny line but i'll keep talking about that thread yeah i was just i was just gonna say it was nice to to say that he didn't do it solo as well. I think that including that, uh, was I think her name was Julia character that um, the mum had met at, at his work party and including her in that to sort of give him that support on on how to do it. Because at that stage, I felt like he still probably didn't have the ability to do that. And even just a couple of bits of dialogue from her to to support him and say, let's, let's do this together. Get a pen, write it down. I just thought that was well done. Sorry, keep going. Mm, yeah, it was really nice.
1: The only other thing I wanted to mention that I did, genuinely laugh at it was when they went into the hotel room and found the mums all hung over and uh and felicity huffman's character stands up and she's not wearing a bra (laughs) i just loved it when he's like would you put on a robe and she's like what do you care you're gay and he's like i'm gay i'm not blind
0: (laughs) i actually just got i wasn't expecting it. it was very funny I, I didn't necessarily like that role reversal of the boys sort of turning on their mums and and taking that sort of approach, but I agree. I think that the, the nipples and and even the follow on comment from the boys, you know, saying, "Oh, I've waited all my life to see those." Like, yeah, was, You've wanted good. to see yeah. that your whole life. I that was great. Very good. All right. Um, I think there's this start for me, like when the, the mums are in the car together and they're crossing that that new bridge to get into New York City and they sort of ponder, you know, what was wrong with the old bridge? And they talk about sagging. And I just thought it was a nice way to open up that commentary on on age and, and where these ladies are at and what they're considering in their journey to to reconnect with their son. So I, I appreciate it. I know it's pretty blatant and obvious, but I, I didn't mind it. Um <laughs> when um paul is at home and he's coming down the stairs and um obviously his mum his mum's there and he makes a comment to his partner about you know I, are you a blowjob or something and mum's like surprise i had a good laugh at that I thought that was pretty <laughs> that funny. One was funny yeah you're right <laughs> um I, I didn't mind when um carol goes to the hairdresser and you know they work it out and they say erin and um you know she's like you know what's your experience like with my texture of hair i just thought it was a, a nice way of sort of um uh, just introducing Aaron and the hairdresser and, and i had a bit of a giggle at that too um <laughs> the last thing i'll um, put in here is that um julian having that sit down with daniel and and sort of telling him you need to go and chase Aaron and how she knew that um she was leaving and you know she's constantly breaking into his apartment and he sort of makes this comment you know did you break into her place too i thought that was um uh, that was funny yeah. as well <laughs> yeah. good all right What what are some things you've got some issues with
1: there's actually only two things. The first thing was when they referenced Otherhood and had that whole scene about talking about what Otherhood was. I thought that was gross. I thought that was so bad. In fact, that whole scene around the table, was that was when I thought this is so wooden and so scripted. And then they brought in Otherhood. I didn't like it at all. Um, if you don't name this film Otherhood, you don't have to have that scene in it. You don't have to worry about that stupid term. And it's it's done, so... Whenever they referenced it, because they referenced it again later on, it's like, oh, I'm an, I'm an other, whatever. I don't know what it was, but it was terrible. So I didn't like that at all. Move on from that one. Um, I also didn't like the scene with Carol at the nightclub. I thought, ah, I don't think it was needed. I think it was very out of character for Carol. It, it seemed off the trajectory of what she was trying to do. And her being drunk and weird didn't, didn't feel like it was required but also matt's response didn't feel like it was required either everything about it just felt forced so they could have like a big hoo-ha fight which didn't seem like they needed that in their couple they were on in their couple in their relationship they were on this right trajectory to figuring each other out and it just felt like very much by the way this is a movie so we need to have something that stands out and it didn't
0: like it that's fair i think yeah, yeah there's probably better ways they could have done that um they could have still had an argument at the nightclub yet, but you probably didn't need her to get drunk. He probably didn't need her to act stupid. Um, and yeah. Yeah. And, and he didn't need to get so mad. He could just what are you doing, mum? Because that was kind of what they were like. Yeah. agree. Um, One for me. I, the, the scene at the dinner table with uh, Helen and with Paul and all his friends talking about, you know, him coming out and making that. And I get it. I understand it's a part of her character and what it is about making the moment about her it just didn't sit right with me at all. Um, and just the, the over the top response of her sitting there crying and needing to be comforted by Andre. And, and I just didn't, I don't know. I just, I can totally understand why um, your son doesn't want to talk to you. Cause you are ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and I guess maybe that's what they wanted, but it just didn't sit right. And the only other thing, Carol, this is a Carol scene. Um, her response when Matt brings that angel model girl home. Um, I just think that was we haven't seen her sort of act like that prior to that. And it was just like, you know, she's so welcoming, come have dinner. And then when she finds out her age, it's like, well, get out, bang, bang, bang. It was just like, whoa, I was not expecting that. And I don't know, I I probably could have been dealt with a little bit better from her because I didn't think we'd seen her as a character that was like that.
1: She obviously knew straight away that it was like a one-night stand. She wanted to put Matt on the spot and see how long the lie would last. Um, Angel seemed quite nice apart from the fact yeah, that she was underage that was a shame she, but she seemed she seemed quite nice yeah good
0: All right, Well, what are some uh, some themes or some ideas in this one that you picked up on
1: alright this is what I wanted to be waiting to talk to you about um, because the cheating husband storyline became became quite a prominent part of the movie because it, it almost felt like an off the cuff part of the plot but it has such big ramifications that the more I think about it the more I can't the more I can't recognize it, that it, it just plays a massive part in all of their character journeys where I, because I just don't think it should have in, in this, inner a sense, this story was a little bit how they all dealt with their ch- their husbands cheating. And, and regrettably it's, it's finding this out that the lights come on for Carol to move on from the passing of her husband. And this really, really bothered me because Carol's journey of self-discovery and figuring out what life is like on your own. And that's just not without your husband. That's when your son's grown up and moved out. That was the most satisfying part of this film for me. I don't like it that her husband had to be such a cheating asshole for her to discover this. I wanted her to discover this anyway, because I think that is so much more powerful and so much more about what the film's trying to do because she was strong enough to move on without it. And I thought it was cheap and I thought it was belittling to her character that she needed this big light bulb moment to actually move on. When she was there anyway, you could have just left that off and she goes on that and it means so much more to me because now it's like I'm moving on because he was an asshole. Not that I'm moving on because grief is hard, but I'm
0: working my way through it. It just, I really, really didn't like it. I think um, that's really, really, really good pick up and a really good point because as you mentioned, we already know that the father was an ass, so we don't need an extra, uh, extra vengeance against him because we already know how controlling and um, mm. you know how, how um, a dictatorship almost his his father like presence was. So we don't really need a, a further kick in the barrel because we 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 already seen her rebuilding through this acknowledgement. Okay, I need to go find myself because I've worked that out with my son, and she would have got that letter from him anyway. So yeah, I agree. We we probably would not have have needed that at all. And on the flip side,
1: I kind of liked the situation with um, Jillian and Helen that they dealt with that situation differently because both have their merit, you know, like the idea of Jillian saying like, yeah, he cheated on me. You know what? I decided to forgive him and take him back because that's what I wanted. And that's cool. That's good to put that in a movie and show different sides of it. Um, But I just didn't like it. They just belittled this entire character development for me because, if she had have known that all along, she would have moved on straight away, and that wasn't the story was so important for her to to move on. And she does; she's the one that really does move on, and she travels and all this kind of stuff. But I just it really cheapened it for me, and it really disappointed me. So I, I've I've really talked about that, but I know there's some other themes, and we're like what 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 other themes did you have for this film? Because I, well, I focused too
0: heavily on that nah, one. Nah, it's fine. I can like leading in from that uh, that idea of truth too, because all these characters. Are lying or being deceitful at some stage about their actions and what they're doing. And, and it leads to that idea of forgiveness for some of these characters. And we obviously have that scene at the end at the wedding where even though we've all got differences and, and ideas of this truthfulness impacting their relationships, they're able to move on and, and be happy together um, for other people that it's a part of this, you know, lifelong friendship between mothers and sons. So obviously that that's a, an important thing. And, and you can't go past the idea of motherhood too. And this ever changing role of what a mother entails between love and and that fine line between allowing independence and respecting space and and working out who you are without your kids which is something that obviously these women need to do and and that idea too while doing that you're dealing with aging and you know there's a line in there about why is everyone you know anti-aging let's you know death is what anti-aging is so let's let's live our lives and and be with our family be with our friends and and focus on the important things um i think that's about all that i was nice (laughs) as well
1: (laughs) yeah no you did good I, i also think that there was a really good line early on i think it was in one of the scenes i didn't like but where they talked about how motherhood in a sense is just like a slow burn breakup like you, they're slowly like moving away from you the older they get and, and you're kind of not prepared for it in a sense and you know I've, you know being who we are we, we we can't empathize with that because we've not been in that position now obviously from a male perspective it, it's probably the same and we, we might feel that you know one day when when our kids are older but like We're on. We're on the receiving. We're on the other side of this, you know, with our own mothers. uh, Like you don't actually realise that because you do. You get to a point where you're like, I don't. I don't need you all the time, mum. Like I do my own thing and just give you some space. But for them, it's just like, well, I've given you everything for so long, and it's just it. It's like a breakup. It's it's like a really slow breakup that you know is coming.
0: Very very true. All right, we move on to what we took out of this film. So, what what did you take from this?
1: Yeah, I just. I know I just spoke about a really relatable theme just then, but I think this is probably one of the biggest culture gaps that I can remember watching an American movie. We don't we don't have too many culture gaps as Australians watching American movies. We, we have very similar cultures. We have very similar um, societal themes, but this one just felt very American. It felt like a very American film. The concept of moving, moving away from home to go to college and therefore start your life somewhere else just doesn't happen that much in Australia. Um, and it just, yeah, it felt like I was watching someone else do something that I was never going to do in that sense. But, um, and that that probably took me away from it a little bit. The other thing that I took away from the film, though, is Patricia Arquette is deceptively really short. Um, so many of those seeds, I didn't realize that Patricia Arquette was so short. But I did look, and she's five foot two, one hundred and fifty-seven centimeters, very short.
0: Very short. Yeah, that's that's a good observation. I'm even taller than that, so that's that makes me feel tall. <laughs> <cool>. Um. <laughs> I, I think like, you know, and I can completely understand um, what you said with that idea of moving away, but um, I don't know, maybe I, I connected with it because I was like, even if I'm not that far away physically from from family, I feel like the the ideas and the themes that came through for me, I could still relate to them. So it's interesting right. how, you know, two people can, it, it depends, I guess it depends on how into a film you are too. Like whether if you, like if you're off put at the start straight away, then you're going to be like, okay, I'm really, really not on board with this. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting Interesting. Um, I'm talking from a very literal sense though, mm, right? Like yeah. Talking from
1: the storyline is its very literally, okay, well, this, this story doesn't happen in a strap, but you're right. Yeah. There's no
0: doubt the themes are incredibly universal. Yeah. Um, I think, and I mentioned this, I guess, a little bit earlier too, where the three characters, they're sort of drawn out in this short runtime and, and build these stories that you can still see where they're going and where they're coming from. And um, I think possibly wanted more from, the boys getting together at various stages though like because these relationships from the mothers are based on these boys being friends when they're younger and, and still friends and you know the opening scene is the boys together you know after a night out and then we see them one other time making mention after they go to see their mums oh let's go have dinner together and that was pretty much it and I was like the whole crux of this film is around their friendship so it would have been nice to see them catching up at various stages maybe and
1: i um, thought the exact same thing and it makes me i think it's a strange choice
0: to open with that scene in hindsight yeah um only other thing: there some covers of some songs in this i quite liked the versions of of um the boots are made for walking and there was another one over the opening titles a oh, cool little um little takes on some famous songs okay i can remember the boots made for walking Boots yeah um and there was obviously that post-credit scene of them Uh, doing that song in the the car as well. Um, I I actually really like that. That's good to see. Did you see the whole whole crew there? It was cool. That was quite nice. Um, I'm Davey. Did you jump on to check anyone out?
1: I jumped on twice. Um, Mm. Jake Hoffman, who played Daniel. Very familiar face to me. He's in Wolf of Wall Street. He's in The Irishman. He's in Click. And maybe it is Click, but nothing like I was like, oh, that's definitely you. Maybe it's just I've seen him in enough things to... um, to think that's why it's familiar um the other one for me was the mum that had the sperm donor baby the, the blonde girl on the park bench was um she was in how i met your mother she played quinn who was barney's love interest for a few episodes maybe even
0: close to a season so i thought it was her then i thought it wasn't her and i'm
1: like you know what i'm gonna check
0: and it was her well straight away when we saw the opening scene i recognized that dude from one of those christmas movies we did on um, no, i was gonna say, say that did you recognize
1: him yeah christmas inheritance
0: I was like, I don't even need to look up. He's got such a distinct face. Um, I mean, is, is it Jake Lacey? or whatever. Um, he does. He
1: does, doesn't he? He's got this real kind of the jaw and the cheeks. Yeah. And, I don't know, some real blockhead kind of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so I recognise him straight to, away
0: too. Didn't need to look him up, but I, I've done. Um, I think this is a couple of weeks in a row. I, I looked up Frank, who was Helen's husband. Um, Damien Young. He's been in a lot oh, yeah. of TV shows I've seen, yeah. but um, but yeah, it's another House of Cards one. He played Aiden um, McCallan in House of Cards. I was like. I keep getting That's done by House right, and Cards. <laughs> he's in lots of stuff though, that guy. Yeah, he's in heaps of stuff. Um, yeah. All right, well, let's move on. Any questions that you wanted to ask about this one? I do.
1: and I, I don't even know how I want to answer this yet. I'm still sort of formulating an idea behind it. But do you think this movie has a negative portrayal of males?
0: It's quite funny because I've got a... I'll have a follow-up question to this. I think... Um, I don't know if it's negative. I think it's probably a critique on the, the respect that, or the the connection that males possibly sometimes struggle to have with their mothers. Once they have a career, they have families, they have partners. So maybe it's, it's more about that idea of how do you fit in that time and that space to actually put out and reach out to, to your family, not necessarily just your mothers, but your, your parents overall, because um, you know, we got to reflect on and think about where they're at in their life. They've spent the last 20 years looking after you and you've been everything to them. And then all of a sudden you, you didn't in your life as much. So it's a, it's a, it's a tricky one.
1: I think that's fair. I think that's a nice answer. I think I'm clouded by the fact that all three of their husbands cheated on them. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's the only real reference that we get to them as husbands. And that's what made me thinking, are we, are we viewing the sons as being bad sons, or are we viewing it as being this is a part of life that we we need to deal with? And I think you're probably right in the in the sense that there's a there's a level of you know males being emotionally unaware as opposed to being you know deliberately um, uninclusive. But yeah, it just got me thinking. I'm like, it's not a great look for males in this film. But then you you look at Helen's new husband, and you know he was. He was good. I mean, he was a bit of an asshole at the start, but he was actually, you know, a really decent guy. And if you really wanted to be quite negative, th- there's probably still a few scenes in there that they could have left out. So I- I'm unsure, but yeah, I just uh, that's why I wanted to ask you.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, even like you look at Paul and and his connection with all his housemates and and his partner, they're they're pretty positive as well. So, True. um, but yeah, like my follow on, that we've almost answered it anyway because the sons and you know usually in a film you have a villain, and there's no real villain in this film, so are the sons the villains of this film because of their neglect of their mothers? Good
1: point too. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, That's a good yeah. point too. I mean, I guess who's watching it is different as well. Um, if you're really relating to the, to the mothers and you're like, oh, this is me. But then again, I guess you still wouldn't think of the son as a villain. Maybe, maybe this is a film without a villain it's a film about relationships, which is fine. Good.
0: Any other questions? Uh, no that's no, I don't. Good. All right, well that takes us to the end almost where we wrap it up and give a rating out of five to come up with an average. So give us your final thoughts.
1: Yeah, I think I think in the moment, I probably didn't mind this movie too much once it got itself out of the mud, which for me it was in the mud early. Um, and I think its glossy happy ending made it hard to feel pretty disappointed when it was finished. Um, on reflection I thought it was pretty jerky I thought it was weirdly paced and I thought it relied on some really odd plot points and that that just kept constantly keeping me at arm length from actually really connecting to the film but um, I'm going to give it two stars.
0: Yeah I've, like I said at the start I've, I've really enjoyed the discussion because you've sort of you know given me some more uh, thoughts on on Carol's arc I guess and because um, realistically I, I couldn't see an awful lot as to why there's quite a lot of hate about this film um, but talking to you and hearing some of those, those thoughts I can I can completely get why people maybe mm. haven't connected with the characters as much as, as I did or, or the story or or the themes um, because like you know realistically there, there isn't a no more important person in your life than your mother and I just sort of liked the idea and bringing it to the attention of the characters and the viewers and you know, you, you don't want to miss those opportunities that you could be having with your parents, um, you know, before it's too late and that idea of aging and, and time flying by and they they're gone before you know it. So I'm giving it three and a half. I don't care. I'm yeah. I'm giving it a three and a half. I like this. I did. Um, we're on socials. we got Twitter. we got Facebook. we got Instagram. Give us a follow. Give us a like, if you can. Just a question was, uh, do you have like a routine or what do you usually do for mother's day? Do you have a, a family tradition?
1: Ah, i wouldn't say tradition but we would always catch up for a meal whether it be lunch yeah. or dinner um yeah and that's kind of like
0: a non-negotiable right <laughs> well yeah we used to always when my grandparents were still around we'd go to my uh, grandmother's place and all the cousins and, and aunties and uncles would come we always have kfc that was always like our, our big thing um yeah that was that was our mother's day that was a bit of fun that's um, nice so I like. Yeah. That. I, I like what you said jesse in your summation
1: and I think, and, and I'm not trying to be hypercritical because I think everything that you said is really nice as to why this film worked, but I just feel like you could just take all what you said and then not make the film have to have a a, a son who never came out to his mum and then ended up being a sperm donor and that being such an important part of the plot. Or um, I, guess, I guess Daniel's story isn't that too bizarre, but... I just, why can't we just have like really normal, relatable things? Why does Matt have to be this big shot art director? And I know that's how Hollywood makes films, but I'm just thinking like, and I know I'm I'm a Richard Linklater fan. Richard Linklater could make a film with these exact same themes and it would just resonate so much more because it would be like, oh, that's exactly like my life. It's a really mundane, simple thing but it means so much to my relationship with my mother and we need to work on that. And I think that's where it lost me is that I, I really appreciated the, the themes and I related to it, but it was just so wacky and <laughs> bizarre that let's go to New York and just crash with our Like, I don't know. It just, that's, that's probably
0: what pulled me away from it. And I'm only thinking this now. That's why I want to say it. No, I, I and in saying what you've said too, I think that this is a big mish, mish mash of them trying to get as many different types of, um, Represent, representation types of characters in there as well you, you you know you've got yeah you've got gays you've got uh, african-americans you've got hispanics you've got whites you've got it's like they've, they've tried to include every kind of of um, stereotype that you can include to say we're being inclusive i guess and sometimes that doesn't necessarily work unless you're focusing on on the the disadvantages of one particular um, class in society or something like that too
1: that's and you also add in the fact that you're dealing with people who have been through a divorce, you're yeah. dealing with a guy who wants to get engaged but he doesn't know how to commit. You're dealing with a guy who loves being single. Like every little thing is yeah, in this yeah. one film, as opposed to just like picking out the key themes and and, yeah. and poking yeah. them somewhere else. Yes,
0: very very good pickup. So um, we will mm. be back again next week. Um, I'm gonna censor the the title for this, so we're just gonna go with <sighs> it's, a, it's a 2019. I noticed um, this. Yeah, 2019 Indian Hindi language romantic comedy um the english translation um has the f word in it so we're going to leave that out it's called love Eft, but um we're going to relate to it as the title of June kahan bata adil so that's uh what we've got next week bit of a, a mouthful for myself but it's directed by adish Kalsuka. it stars Krushbu yudhaya rohit Kakat, imanshu Kohli, and muhammad sakia so that's what we've got next week
1: I typed in that title in IMDb and it just came up with the English title. I'm like, this is what I typed in. Yeah. Who's <laughs> playing a gag with me? And then I, yeah. uh, then
0: I realised that was the translation. So yeah. there you go. So yeah, uh, um, yeah, could be a good one. It's been a while since we've had a um, an Indian rom com, so we've had a, a few hits and misses.
1: We have had hits and misses. I actually read the
0: um, the plot line for it. I'm I'm kind of into it. I think into it's going to be it. all right. Mm, good well um i'm looking forward to that and as usual this i've enjoyed chatting to you about this so thank you
1: i've enjoyed this a lot more than i thought i would i thought it'd be really run of the mill so that's been great
0: good excellent i will see you next week see you then